This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. I want to welcome Olivia Mitchell to Knowledge at Wharton. She's a professor of business economics and public policy here at Wharton, and she has some new research on Social Security, which I think is going to present some novel ideas for us, and it's being published right now as an issue brief by the Penn Wharton Public Policy Initiative. Olivia is a recognized expert on retirement and Social Security, so I'm especially happy to have her talking about this topic. and it's great to have you back. Uh, could you give us a summary of your research, which is based on a survey, as I understand it? And it's also uh, based around the idea that the Social Security funds will run out at some point soon. Uh, the 2032-34 uh, areas is usually what people cite. And the most common solutions to this deficit in funding are that we either increase retirement age or cut benefits, or we increase taxes or lift the cap, as they say, um, on incomes above which are not paying Social Security at the moment. But apparently there's another solution out there, which is revenue neutral, which is good news because um, the other uh, suggested solutions are very unpopular in different camps. But your solution is revenue neutral. Why don't you tell us about it? So around the world, social security systems are running out of money. We're not unique in the United States in that regard. And the typical policy recommendations are not very popular, like raising the retirement age or cutting benefits or raising taxes. What we set out to do in our research is to try to think of a new way to get people to delay claiming, work longer, and have all that happen without Social Security suffering financially. So in a nutshell, what we set out to do was to design a way to give people their benefit increases that they would receive if they delayed claiming. But instead of giving them their benefit increases as a monthly payment, we would give it to them as a lump sum at their later claiming date. The money turns out to be quite substantial, from sixty to eighty to one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. This is the actuarially neutral value of the additional benefit, and lo and behold, people like this idea. In our experimental survey, what we found is that people would delay claiming about half a year, and they would work about a third to a half of the extra time. All of that takes place without costing the social security system a penny on net. Uh, So it's very interesting. So the idea is that right now people could retire at uh, 62, let's say, with partial benefits or 66 or 67, depending on when you were born, with full benefits. Social Security offers an incentive if you wait and don't claim on those dates. So if you're 66 and you wait a year, your benefits will go up by a certain amount, roughly 8%, I think. And if you wait another year, they could go up another 8%. The idea being continue working or at least don't start draining the funds, and we will give you uh, incentive to do that. So apparently that's of limited interest to people. So what you're finding is that your lump sum solution is much more attractive to people and actually accomplishes the same thing, or even better than what's being done now. 
What we find is that today, over a third of Americans claim their benefits from Social Security as early as they can, which is age 62. And the modal claiming age is about 63. So most people give up on their increased benefits that they could get if they waited to the latest possible claiming age. In our current scenario, in our current uh, system, the latest possible claiming age is age 70. It's a little known fact that if you wait to claim from age age 62 to 70, either keep working or live on other, other assets, that your benefits go up by 76%. This is an enormous increase and probably a better investment, if you will, than what most people can make in the market today. Especially today, yeah. Exactly. So um, the problem, however, is that people don't understand annuities. They don't understand benefit increases, which will be paid the rest of their lives. So what we try to do in our research is take advantage of the fact that people don't understand benefit increases the rest of their life. And instead, what we do is we say, all right, if you're someone who would earn, let, who would receive 1500 a month from Social Security if you claimed at age 62, under our scenario, we would still give you that 1500 a month if you claimed, let's say, at age 66. But then all the benefit increase you had earned by delaying claiming would be given to you as a lump sum at that later claim date. And what we find is that people like lump sums. Not surprisingly, a bird in the hand seems more than worth more than two in the bush. So is this, is this related to the idea that some people, there are people who make the calculation if I wait until 70, I do get a lot more money, but then I have to live to a certain age before that, that amount of money is worth more than had I taken payments all along up until that, that point. So is this taking that into account also? Right. The Social Security Administration computes the benefit increase that you get each year that you delay so that the increment is just enough to offset the fact that you're not taking it for a year. So in a sense, it's actually neutral. It's actually fair. It doesn't hurt the Social Security system. It doesn't save, us, save it any money. But so in that sense, what we proposed in our experiment was to give people the benefit that they would get already in expectation, but convert it into a lump sum. Now, not surprisingly, the people that are willing to do it are the people who are, say, they are somewhat debt constrained, so they have debts that they owe, and they would still get the basic benefit that they're owed, but they, the lump sum would help them solve their debt problems. Other people who find it very attractive are the financially literate, people that understand that they're going to get money that would help them uh, cover other expenses and still get their base benefit the rest of their lives. So is part of the psychology for the consumer that um, if I wait till 70, I have to live until, I forget what the age is, it's like 84 or something, before you know it, it sort of nets out that I'm um, actually making a net gain over all those years. But now I can sort of like change my mind anywhere along the way and I haven't given anything up. I can I can just get this big lump sum payment. Is that is that part of the psychology at work? Well unfortunately my research shows that a majority of financial advisors use this very flawed approach to advising on social security claiming, which they call the break-even approach. Yeah. And the break-even approach is extremely misleading because they say to you 
you will have to live to some age, say 84, for sure, to get all the money back that you gave up by not claiming early. That's a very flawed approach. And um, the reason that it is is that it ignores the fact that by delaying claiming, the retiree gets a higher benefit for the rest of his life, even if he, he or she lives to be 125 years old. So I would take issue with the break-even approach, and I don't think it's an appropriate um, way to frame the discussion. Okay. Um, fair enough. So um, which of the conclusions, if any, surprised you from your research? This is based on a survey. Yes. So what we did was we fielded um, an, a survey, a nationally representative survey of older Americans, and we asked them, before we got started, some questions about their lifetime earnings. So we could figure out, get a pretty good estimate of what their expected Social Security benefits would be at future ages. Then we said, under the status quo, under the current system, when do you expect to claim? And they'd tell us. And then we'd show them the alternative, the lump sum option, for example. And we'd say, given this set of opportunities, when would you claim? And not surprisingly, the majority of people selected a later claiming age. And we could then examine that delay in the claiming age and correlate it with attributes of the person answering the question. And so one of the things that really surprised me was that we found that people who otherwise would have claimed very young at 62 were the most likely to be willing to delay claiming. The reason that surprised me is that there's a common view that early retirees can't work anymore. They're too sick. They're too unable to find jobs. But in fact, this suggested there's a lot of give among the early retirees. And if you give them an incentive to delay claiming, they will delay and they'll work longer. So if this idea, this novel idea of lump sum payment were adopted, how would it change the finances that, that you talk about in the paper where the money's going to run out uh, or, or at least largely run out? Uh, one-third of the money is going to run out by 2032. Well, the Social Security trustees have projected that there will be only enough money to pay two-thirds of the benefits starting around uh, 2032, which is getting closer <laughs> as the years go by. Um, so benefits would be projected to drop by a third for everyone. The way we've designed our experiment, we made it actuarially neutral so that it wouldn't hurt the system's finances, it wouldn't help the system's finances. But we do say at the end of the paper that to the extent that people really prefer lump sums, that it might be possible to get them to delay claiming and work longer for a little bit less than the actuarially fair amount, which would actually save the system money. I see. And if... Um were you able to project based on your survey or other data or knowledge um, how much less you could offer and how it might benefit the system? Or is that the subject of the follow-up study? The follow-up study that we intend to do would try to vary the amounts that we can offer people, um, not necessarily making it a better deal because the system can't afford that, but trying to evaluate whether people might take the lump sum benefit if it were slightly reduced. And my sense is it will, in fact, be popular. Okay. So if I understand it correctly, then where, where your study is at now is you're finding a new way to do it. It doesn't necessarily save Social Security from the deficits that everyone's talking about, but it could be, it could be changed in a way 
so that it, it could have a positive effect on funding. Is it, is it possible that it could make up that whole gap, do you think? The Social Security shortfall is enormous. Uh, the actuaries have estimated that it's on the order of $28 trillion uh, in present value. That's twice the size of the GDP of the U.S. So a small delay in claiming will not solve the problem. I think we're also going to have to have changes in the benefit formula. We're going to have to have changes in the retirement ages. But given that there need to be there needs to be a number of different tweaks or adjustments, this could easily be one to make it more palatable to people. That is, we're not taking away anything from them. We're giving them options. And I hope that's more ap appealing than saying, you must work another five years. Right. So it's their choice. So what will you look at next? Well, so we are looking further at uh, alternative uh, ways to get people to delay claiming and work longer. There is some interesting research that's being done now showing that delayed retirement is actually better for you. It's better for you mentally. You stay networked with your peers. It's better for you physically. People that work longer are healthier. And it's also better for a society in that if you encourage continued work, you don't have to raise taxes so much on the young to be able to support the elderly. So for a number of different reasons, I'm very much in favor of delayed retirement. Not everyone will be able to do it, but to the extent you can, let's encourage it. Okay, well, please come back and tell us uh, the results of the next phase. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.